Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. So glad to have you with us today in the House of Faith. The Lord is so good. God is so faithful. And uh, he's doing some amazing things right now in our own lives, in the life of this ministry. And I know he's doing awesome things in the lives of our partners all over the world. And we thank God. We are so grateful to him for the good work that he's begun in us. And we call him faithful to finish it in Jesus name. We began a new series a couple of weeks ago on Legacy TV that I want to continue in today. We're talking about faith for the future. You know, the future ought to be on your mind right now. You ought to be thinking right now about where you are headed. The reason I bring that up is because most people, they, they may think some about it, but most people are completely preoccupied, not with where they're going, but with where they are right now. And if they think anything at all about where they're going, most of the time it's in great fear, great uncertainty. Why? Because they hadn't been there yet. They hadn't seen the future yet. And that's why most people are not confident when it comes to talking about the future. And there are a lot of folks that would rather not talk about it at all. But as believers, as born again believers who've been given the word of God and the spirit of God, we are supposed to be able to talk with confidence about where we're headed. The same kind of confidence that everybody else talks about the future in, we ought to be able to talk with that kind of certainty and that kind of boldness about the future. And that's what we're doing in our lives right now. Right at this moment, we are facing the future. It's right in front of us. As a matter of fact, if you hadn't heard the news already, let me tell you today, we are packing up and we are moving. We are moving from Fort Worth, Texas, and Sarah and I, our family in this ministry, we are headed towards Colorado Springs, Colorado. And the Lord is calling us up there and we're moving the ministry and we're starting Legacy Church. And we could not be more excited about it. And God has already made such a way for us. We've got a beautiful piece of property there. Uh, now it needs a lot of work, needs a lot of love, needs a lot of attention, but we are excited at the opportunity to watch God go to work in our lives. And we are confidently declaring about our future that it is good that this church, before it's even open on day one, we're declaring this is a strong church. This is a growing church. This is a church where people come and they're fed the word of God. This is a place where people learn how to walk by faith, where they learn how to live in a whole life prosperity and, how, and they learn how to raise a family in the house of faith. We haven't even had one service yet. And I'm talking about the future. I'm declaring what it will be. That's one of the reasons I'm talking to you about this right now is because this is what we're walking in. This is what we're experiencing. And you ought to be doing the same thing with your future and what God's called you to do. And again, I'll remind you, this is one of the very things that people were so astonished about when they listened to Jesus and heard him speak. Yeah, they were blown away, if you will, by the miracles. They were astounded by the signs and the wonders. But over and over and over again through scripture, they said to him and they said to each other, where does he get these words? How does he speak as one with such authority? Jesus talked with authority. In other words, his words were coming from somewhere else. Even, even when he stood up in a synagogue and just read scripture from the Old Testament, words that they had heard before. 
When he stood up and he read, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. Those were words that were not unfamiliar to those people in there that day. And yet when he finished saying, when he finished talking, the scripture says that the people were astonished at his sayings. And they said, where does he get such wisdom, such grace? These words were so graceful and so beautiful. It wasn't that the words were new, it's that they were being said in a way they'd never heard them before. That's what I'm talking to you about. This life of faith that you and I are called to live in this house of faith is one that is supposed to be characterized by our confidence, by our boldness, and by the authority with which we speak concerning our own lives and our own futures. Yeah, I know you haven't been to tomorrow yet, but you can talk with confidence about it from today. You can. Jesus warned us about talking about tomorrow in worry. He said, don't worry in Matthew chapter six, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has trouble enough of its own. Sufficient is the day, he said. Why? When you start talking about, you start talking about tomorrow and expecting through worry the bad that is in tomorrow, what you're actually doing is reaching out into tomorrow, grabbing a hold of the trouble that's there and bringing it back into today. That's the power of the expectation called worry. Well, we've been looking in the book of Hebrews. Turn back there with me and look at it one more time. Hebrews chapter three, in verse six, it says, Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm to the end. Hope is an expectation just like worry is an expectation. But whereas worry is the hope or is the expectation of bad, hope is just the expectation of good. And that's what's supposed to define us and characterize us in this house of faith, that we live with a confident hope of what's to come. And we hang on to that hope all the way to the end. We're talking about living with boldness, being bold beyond the uncertainty of tomorrow. In, here in the book of Hebrews, uh, we read this, I believe in yesterday's broadcast, verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. How does he want you to come? He wants you to come boldly because you're wanted there. You're invited there. There's a place that's been made for you there at the throne of grace. And when you come in knowing that, when you come in knowing that because of who Jesus is and because I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I have a right to be here in the presence of God, not because of something I've done, not confidence in my own flesh, not confidence in my own performance, confidence in Jesus, confidence in his word, confidence in his identity, then you come in boldly knowing I'm wanted here, I've been invited here, and there's a place for me right here. We looked in the book of Acts, go back there with me. In the book of Acts chapter four, this was just after the miracle of the man who was born lame. He was raised up and he went walking and leaping and praising God. And as you can imagine, it really startled people around them. And when Peter began preaching, he opened his mouth with boldness. And he looked eye to eye with those religious leaders and said, 
Jesus did this miracle. It was faith in His name that performed this miracle. And Jesus, the one whom you crucified, is alive, and by Him all men must be saved. You know, it took some guts. It took some spiritual guts to look those guys in the face and say that. Because again, He's talking to the very ones that killed Jesus. But here's a boldness beyond any kind of fear of what these people can do to him. He's just preaching the word. And their bo that boldness, it says in verse 13, people saw it. They heard it. Wasn't just what he said, it was how he said it. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. They realized they had been with Jesus. Verse 14 goes on, seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. Basically, they got together and said, we, we, can't, we can't deny that there was a miracle here. The most that we can do is threaten these guys. So they threatened Peter, they threatened John, they threatened the believers to stop preaching in that name. They threatened them. The same kind of threat that many Christians, even in the United States of America, are living under right now. This threat from political correctness, this threat from people who are so bent and so determined to shut down and shut up the voice of the church and the voice of the Lord Jesus and His body in this nation and around the world, people who are so determined to silence and stop the spreading and the preaching of the Word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet these guys, I want you to see Peter's response to this same kind of threatening and then ask yourself, what's your response to this modern day threat of the same kind? It says in verse 20, oh, where do we begin, Lord? Verse 21, when, that, when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, you who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage? Why did the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and all the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now this is what they said. I read all that to bring you right here to verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Now, notice what goes hand in hand with a bold declaration and speaking of the word of God. Verse 30, by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they asked for, in response to these threatenings, more boldness. What are you asking for? 
in response to the threatenings that you and I are experiencing here in this country and various places around the world to varying degrees around the world, what is your response? What are you asking for in the face of these threatenings from politicians and these threatenings from social groups and, and other groups that would try to silence the gospel? What are you asking for? Are you asking for, oh God, just give me, give me kind of a sneaky way to get this in. Give me kind of an undercover way of preaching the gospel. Or are you like these guys saying, God, you heard what they said. You know what they're threatening to do. You know they've threatened to throw us in jail for saying this. You know they've threatened to take away our nonprofit status. You know that they've threatened us with all these things. I'm asking you for boldness boldness to speak your word, boldness to declare the truth, boldness to declare what's in front in the lives of anybody who will believe your word. That's what we're asking for. And believe you me, starting a church in the political climate that we're in right now, I've laid in bed and thought long and hard about it. I've thought about, well, how do we approach this and how do we deal with that and these different social issues and these different social topics and Lord, how do we handle these things? And you want to know the answer I'm getting? With boldness. You handle them with boldness. Now that doesn't mean be mean. That doesn't mean you've got to be harsh or unkind to people, but it does mean you got to know what you believe and you've got to declare it with confidence authority and boldness. See, your future right now is being framed by your words. How confidently are you declaring your future? How confidently, confidently are you declaring that all your needs are met and are supplied by His riches in glory in Christ Jesus? How confidently are you declaring that you are the healed of the Lord and that by His stripes you are healed because you were healed and you will be healed and continue to live whole all the days of your life. How confident are you about the future? I'm declaring with confidence that the future of Legacy Church is good. I'm declaring with confidence that the Pearson's household is a prosperous household. I'm declaring with boldness that the way He's made for us is a prosperous way. I declare with boldness the word of the Lord over my kids, our children, every single night. Day after day, I'll, I'll look at Justice, I'll look at Jesse and I say, you listen to me. You will fulfill the number of your days in life and health and in peace and in prosperity. I tell them almost every day, you are rich in every area of your life. You are rich in your relationship with God. You are rich in your relationship with mom and dad, with each other, with other people. I tell them nearly every single day, you will run your race. You will finish your course. You will keep the faith. What am I doing? I am framing their future with words of boldness, not hoping or, or wishing for something. It is hope but it's Bible hope, confident expectation about where they're headed, about where we're headed. And this same thing that Peter, Peter and the boys prayed for is what you and I ought to be praying for. Grant boldness. Grant me boldness to declare your word. Grant me boldness to declare 
what you see for my future, what you've called me to do. And this was what's really cool. If you keep reading in verse 31, it says, when they had prayed, the place where they assembled, where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with, read it right there, it's on your screen, read it out loud, boldness. When they prayed for boldness, guess what they got? Boldness, that unreservedness of speech, that confident, not just what you're saying, but how you're saying it. And I want you to see again the connection here between this boldness and being filled with the Spirit. When they prayed for that boldness, the Bible says that place was shaken and they were all filled with the Spirit. Now they had been filled with the Spirit just a couple of chapters before that, but you can and should be filled and be filled again and be filled again and be filled again to overflowing. And that's what boldness is. It's the overflow of the Spirit of God in you. Now, in the, in the few minutes that we have left in this broadcast today, I want to lay a foundation for where I want to go next week. So look back with me to the book of John. And we'll look at something Jesus said in chapter 16 that has to do with your future and your hope for the future and your faith for the future. In John chapter 16, Jesus had been for several chapters trying to explain to the disciples, hey, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. And we know that from various verses, uh, actually here in chapter 16, it says in verse 6, because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. These guys were not happy to hear that Jesus was leaving. He tried to explain it to them. It's better for you if I go away. Now, I imagine if I was one of the boys there that day listening to this, my thought would have been, you've been right about a lot of things, Jesus, but not this. How is it better for me if you're not here? I remember life before you. It was not better. It's better with you. But he's trying to communicate to them, if I go, there's one coming, the comforter, the helper, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. And they just were slow to pick up on it. And in John chapter 16, he's, he's trying to make clear to them who the spirit of truth is and what the spirit of truth will do. And he said in verse 13, actually back up to verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. Does that kind of make anybody else mad? To think that Jesus had more to say and that there's more that we could have had in this word, but because those guys couldn't handle it, we couldn't hear it. But there's good news. Listen, he said, I've got more to say to you, but you can't bear it right now. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. This is the job description of the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God that's alive in you, if you're born again and if you've been filled with the Spirit, this is the Spirit that's in you. He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He'll take what Jesus said and He will declare the truth to you and He will tell you things to come. What's that? That's your future. That's what's out there in front of you. 
He'll tell you things to come. Listen to it from the New Living Translation. It says when, in verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. That's what the Holy Spirit is in us to do, is to talk to us about our future. Now, I think many people have sort of kept that reserved to the gift and the office of the prophet, that the prophet is the one standing under that anointing who stands up and declares the future. And there's certainly an aspect of that in the ministry of the prophet, but in every one of us, to all of us, the gifts are available. And the gift here that Jesus is talking about is the gift of the Holy Spirit in you and part of his job in you is to tell you about the future, is to tell you and show you the things that are to come. And part of the reason that people don't live with an excitement or an anticipation about the future is like I said, they've just never been there. They've never seen it. But you can live with confidence. You can live with hope and expectation and declare with boldness what your future is because you have the Holy Spirit and He's showing it to you. If you'll allow the Holy Ghost to open up your eyes and say, speak to me about my future. Show me what you've called me to do. Show me who you've created me to be and let the Holy Ghost begin to paint a picture for you of your future. You can get excited about it and be, begin to declare from today what's in tomorrow. And when you get a hold of something that's in tomorrow, it's enough to stir you up. It's enough to get you excited. There is great power in just simply looking forward to it. I want to talk to you more about that on next week's broadcast. But today, I want to encourage you, be confident, be hopeful, and be bold to declare the good things that God has in store for you in your future. Your future is in your words. Declare it with boldness, declare it with confidence, and watch the Word of God do in your life what only the Word can do. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. <laughs>